Hello and welcome to another episode of All the Web's Stage, a short play podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Thomas. With us on the podcast today are Courtney Brooke Marks, who joined us on episode three, as well as Nick Schomer, who is host of Cubones and Catacombs, as well as a player on The Roaring Trainers, two podcasts that can be found on Apple Podcasts and elsewhere. The plays we performed today were written by myself and Chris Eli Black. We challenged each other with tweets from at Demon Tomato Dave, aka Dave Bulmer, as well as at J underscore Steve. Alright, enjoy the show. Hello everyone, welcome once again. Today we are joined by Courtney Brooke Marks as well as Nick Schomer. Uh, did I say your last name right, Nick? Yep, yep, you got it on the nose. Okay. A lot of times, you'd be surprised how often people actually mess that up. I wouldn't think it's that hard, but there was a time when I used to play tennis, and I was in the newspaper two times in a row in the same week, and they put an L in my name, and they forgot an M. <laughs> huh, all right. No, well, like, I, I also grew up, I'm one of the few kids who like grew up where everyone knew how to say my name. Didn't matter if they messed up everybody else's name, it was fine. And then I went to a ceremony in college for a thing I didn't care about. Mm-hmm. And this person was announcing everybody's name wrong, like oh. to a T, everything was wrong. But I leaned over to next to a person I didn't know, and I said, well, at least they're going to get my name right. They can't possibly mess up my name. And then I heard from the podium, Stephen Thomas. Uh, and I went, <laughs> what? What? It's like, all right, Thomas? cool. I, now I don't feel left out. I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Clearly just someone who has never seen Thomas the Tank Engine ever in their life. <laughs> huh. <It was> fun. <laughs> Now, Courtney, we have heard your voice before. I will still have some questions for you, but I want to start out with Nick because we're meeting you for the first time. Now, Nick, you are also famous internet-wise for <laughs> being the host of Cubones and Catacombs. Uh, uh, yes. Let's start out. Let's talk a little bit about that and what you do over there. Sure. So Cubones and Catacombs, for those who do not know, is a podcast that I run, and it is a, I'm going to say it's a 5e D&D podcast, but we've really sort of tweaked the schemes and everything like that. So it definitely is still five E in its style, but I would also say that it leans more towards homebrew in the D and D community. But yeah, so basically um, I was a part of a Pokemon D and D podcast and we took a little bit of a hiatus. And during that hiatus, I'm like, well, I still really want to play some D and D Pokemon style and so I decided I'm like hey let's just make my own so I decided (laughs) to just start sort of writing my own story and figuring out like you know main villains main you know who my main characters were so uh, it's me and my my two friends uh, Jared and his brother Adam and so they're the players and I lead them through the Kanto region of Pokemon and it's a it's a whole lot of fun and the best part about it for me is that it is uh, family friendly, so we we don't swear, and the themes do not get too outrageous. So this is a nice way for parents who are maybe into the TTRPG genre of things uh, to get their kids into it and see if they like it as well. Okay, so you, Jared and Adam are brothers. 
Correct. I missed something somewhere. I thought Adam was your brother. I don't know how that happened, <laughs> but I'm misunderstood completely. Yeah, no, no. No, that's okay. I don't know how that happened. No, that's all right. Yeah, Jared, uh, Jared's been my best friend for a while now, and uh, when when I wanted to start this up, I asked, I was like, hey, Jared, like, I know your brother plays D&D also, so see if he wants to play. Um, but no, so no, Adam is Jared's <laughs> brother, and my two brothers, they... They they don't they don't play the D and Ds all that much. <laughs> Fair enough. Now, Courtney, let's jump over to you. I have a question that we didn't ask last time. Influence wise, who would you say influenced you to start getting into acting uh, the most in your life? And who do you look to outside of the group of people you know uh, as an influence? Uh, thankfully, I was very blessed to have a lot of great teachers throughout my middle school and high school years that really encouraged me to step into the role of theater. It was just kind of something, you know, when you're young, you try everything, you try every sport and you try all these things out and to see where like, you know, where your strengths lie. And I started to really get into music at first. I started instrumental and then I got into voice lessons. And then as I got older, I started to get more into theater. So I would say I've had quite a few teachers, professors who just, who really encouraged me to get into theater, who had me step into the roles that I did. And then I was very active in community theater as well in my community. So yeah, I would definitely say I've been very, very blessed, very lucky to have people like that in my life. As far as uh, the second part of that question was what was it again? To who, who do I look to? Uh, people to... outside of your life, like if either famous actors or somebody who you just happened to see, maybe someone in a show when you were young that you were like, I want to do that. Growing up, you know, I, I watched a lot of film. I just, I really, of course, I love Meryl Streep. I love every role she's taken on. And, you know, she's also someone who went through a lot of trials with auditions. I recently read her story of when she was auditioning in New York and in Los Angeles and how she was just told so many times that you'll never make it. You'll never make it. This is not where you need to be. And, you know, she really, she really stepped up and she showed everybody that, no, this is where I'm supposed to be. You know, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And I can take on these kind of roles. I can do this. So, and I think that she's, I also think she's just been a very good role model to a lot of young women, older women throughout her years in acting. Gotcha. Nick, we're going to pivot back over to you. I have a question in terms of, uh, because this is a writing focused podcast, obviously D&D requires a lot of forethought and some writing when it comes to being the dungeon master and getting everything planned out ahead of time. Mm -hmm. or at least being willing to work with what is brought to the table. How much planning do you put into each session? And how much would you say is off the cuff? That's a great question. I think that it sort of, it sort of depends. So when, when the players are trying to get through a route, and for those of you who play the Pokemon games, like you kind of know what I'm talking about when I, when I say that. When they're trying to get through a route or like a building or a hideout or a cave or something like that, a lot of the times 
my work, the work that I do for that episode doesn't so much go into the writing aspect, but more so the creating of maps. And so a lot of the times I'm making the routes, uh, sort of figuring out how they're going to get from point A to point B to get through the route, but then sprinkling things inside of the route to make sure that they might run into a trainer or they might find some treasure or things of that nature. As far as writing goes, like as far as like plot, a lot of the times I end up just doing things off the cuff, mostly because I never know what these two are going to do Hmm. when it comes to like their choices. And so the only things that I remember fully like writing down and like, here's how I want this episode to go would be cases where I write out a specific speech that I want a character to say. And that like sometimes takes a little bit of thinking and then I might shorthand it to be like, uh, if they win the battle, this will happen. If they lose the battle, this will happen. And I'll sometimes write that out so I can, so I don't have to question, okay, what do I want them to do now? I can literally react in the moment and give the most genuine reactions that I can so that way it sounds even more authentic. Okay. Because I've been listening to the podcast, I got a question about the interaction of the brothers. You started out with just one of the brothers, uh, whose name escapes me now. Jared. Trainer Lance, or uh, sorry, Waiter Lance, but I can't remember his actual name. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm curious, outside of the podcast, Trainer Lance has had, sorry, Waiter Lance has had a serious problem inside the actual (laughs) game of winning anything. Has that frustrated actual real life brother that his... (laughs) <laughs> that his brother who came in later is doing better than he is or um, his character is. No, that's, that's interesting because we, we joke about it all the time that it's very ironic that the main character just keeps sort of getting bogged down with everything that he comes across. Whereas the, uh, whereas photographer Riley played by Adam, he, his character knows nothing about training. I mean, she's a photographer. she, Never even thought about becoming a Pokemon trainer or anything like that. And yet he does so much better than Lance does. It's just it boggles our minds, which is I don't want to spoil anything for for you, Stephen, if you haven't gotten to this point yet. But there's a point where uh, Jared uh, finds a very rare Pokemon in a forest and he can't manage to catch it. And so much so to the fact that, or so much so to the point where when I tell him, hey, throw a Pokeball and see if you can catch this, but I have him do it with disadvantage. He rolls a two and then he rolls a one and we just <laughs> lost it because we just, we just, it was the funniest thing that has ever happened on our show to this day where Adam was the one that rolled the high number for him to get this Pokemon encounter and then he just mucks it up in true Lance fashion. And it yeah. just, it does make us laugh. It makes us laugh every time. I don't think Adam gets frustrated with it, but we definitely all find it comical when Lance, right on cue, will roll a nat one <laughs> just in the most perfect fashion. Yeah, I, I mean, the one thing I will say is like, at, as a D&D player myself, I like, uh, Again, I forgot his name, but like Waiter Lance has been taking a lot of this in stride in a way that I'm like, a trainer wouldn't do that. And I think, <laughs> no, he's not a trainer, though. Not He's not a trainer. He's playing a waiter. Right. He just happens to need to train 
Exactly. And I mean, yeah. And if you think of a waiter, like waiters are going to have their good days and they're going to have their horrible days. So it definitely is, you know, it is sort of interesting to see him, you know, again, like not give up it almost like the, the regular underdog ingenue turns ingenue role, something like that, where he just, he's on this quest to find out where his parents are and what's happened. And, and he's not get, and he's not letting it get to him as much and it is really funny not to totally change the subject or anything but i want to see courtney how much do you know about dungeons and dragons yourself absolutely nothing <laughs> <laughs> i know nothing about it i mean i had friends who played it in like high school but i yeah i know nothing about it i'd like to learn more though it might be something i'm interested in but I was, yeah i was gonna say like if to you more. if you like the the sort of fan i mean the great thing about D D, and i think steven can attest to this too is that there really is no there's no bad universe to put a campaign in like as long as you know sort of how to tweak uh the various styles of of dungeons and dragons whether it's 5e or pathfinder or what have you like you can make any universe work. So like I've seen obviously people do like superhero universes. I've seen Legend of Zelda universes. And so that could be interesting for you Courtney if uh to like sort of find the universe that you are like most interested in and sort of see how other people have manipulated that to be sort of a D&D universe. That might be an easy way to get you into it. Okay. Courtney, follow-up question, because I don't remember if we talked about this while we toured together. How how invested in the world of Pokemon are you? Hmm. <laughs> oh my gosh, I used to be so invested. I literally ha- still have all, I mean all, my own old Pokemon cards. It's, yeah. I have it in a booklet and everything. <laughs> and so I used to be super invested. But for some reason, I just, I don't know if I somewhere down the road I just lost interest or what but I just I wasn't able to just jump into Pokemon Go I I don't know why I just wasn't able to I lost I tell you what I lost touch somewhere along the way with all Pokemon or you know anything to do with video games I lost touch but I'm really trying hard to get back into you know, some playing some video games and stuff like that. Cause I really like, I mm-hmm. really would like to have a Nintendo switch, but they are currently <laughs> sold out as we all know. Yeah. But, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. 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 <laughs> but I mean, yeah, somewhere along the way, I just lost touch with all of it, but I used to be super into Pokemon. Like when I had my uh, Nintendo 64, I had all the Pokemon games and, all that, um, but I have yet to watch Detective Pikachu. <laughs> That's on my watch list. <laughs> well, okay, so I, 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 so I'll I'll just say one little thing about Detective Pikachu for you, Courtney. Now, this okay. is also coming from me, and when I heard that there was going to be a Pokemon movie, I'm like, okay, it's going to be this awesome, this awesome action adventure, and it's going to be great. But then Ryan Reynolds was Pikachu. And so as soon as I found that out, I'm like, uh-oh, this is going to be a comedy that just happens to have Pokemon <laughs> in it. And so I'll say this about it. If if what you're looking for 
is a Marvel movie with Pokemon, then you'll love it. But if you're looking for a an action adventure where this trainer wants to be the very best like no one ever was, I think you're going to be a little disappointed because I certainly was a little disappointed when I finally saw it. And also, Courtney, in defense of your reaction <laughs> to Pokemon Go, I will say that I have played like every Pokemon game and I tried Pokemon Go and... Pokemon Go, at least originally, was only focused on catching Pokemon and not the actual training aspect or a storyline. And I was like, I can't, I can't get into this. This is not for me. So mm-hmm. it, it's not just you who was like, uh, what is this? <laughs> Got it. I used to play one. I used to play Pokemon Snap like nonstop. <laughs> it was just like. Everyone was like, yeah, it's just taking pictures of Pokemon. I was like, oh, I think it's a little bit more than that. I literally had to like justify myself as to why I play Pokemon Snap <laughs> because it was so fun. But then I learned that this is so stupid, but so funny. Um, but there was this like thing on Pokemon Snap where you can just throw apples. And mm-hmm. I would just start throwing <laughs> apples at Pikachu and he would just fall over. <laughs> I was like, good, wow, good. this is why <laughs> best money ever spent. <laughs> uh, this podcast anyway, has turned into a Pokemon that, podcast for some reason. It has. All right. <laughs> Wait, hey, I, I feel like I'm in my element right now. <laughs> like, yeah, absolutely. But uh, we are going to uh, start getting into our two plays today. And first of all, the first play was written by a gentleman named Chris Eli Black. The play is called News Hour. Chris, thank you so much for sending in your script. He was influenced by a quote from a Twitter feed that I will look up later and put in the post notes because I can't find. He didn't put that note and I don't remember it. But at any rate, (laughs) so as far as characters are concerned, there are three, which means we all get to participate in this one. Nick will be voicing the part of Bernie. All right. Courtney will be doing Jada, and I will be jumping in as Paul later on. And I will read his narration since Chris is not around to say these things. So, here we go. News hour. The sound of typing, pecking, and beating on computer keys and ringing phones. A news desk sits center, separated from the rest of the madness going on behind. Bernie Rogan enters, fixing his suit and hair. He checks his breath, unimpressed then sits at the desk. He looks around. Where where the hell are my notes? What is this? We're half an hour till we go live, and I don't even know what I'm talking about. Whose job is this? An intern who thinks this is a part of their improv club? Come on! Jada enters, not necessarily able to walk in the heels she has forced herself to walk in, in an attempt to look professional. She holds a small stack of papers and hands them to Bernie. Here we are, finally, someone with half a brain. Thank you, Janice. It's... Jada. Uh, what? My name. Uh, Why isn't the prompter on? Are you talking to me? No, I'm talking to the moon. I wanted to ask the stars to ask a cow why the hell my prompter isn't on. How old are you? Are... Yes, I'm talking to you. I'm 21. College student? Sir. Am I your father? No. Right. Your boss? Yes. Er, Wrong. We're going into overtime now. See... 
People who have bosses can't be bosses. I know that when you were in high school, your shift manager at the grocery store you worked at might have wanted you to believe that they actually had authority or control over things other than the ice cream aisle. But here in the real world, fortunately or not, the people who have bosses aren't bosses. They're nothing more than stand-ins for the people upstairs. Literally, they're upstairs. Visit them anytime and figure out that the real bosses are the ones with $100 bills hanging out of their pockets, the ones who'd be glad if they got robbed because guess what even if they have two thousand dollars in their wallet they have five million more in the bank do you get what i'm trying to tell you here i'm not it's simple i'm not your boss i'm also not your elder so there's no need for you to label me as a sir but aren't you my elder i'm not that much Shouldn't you be getting coffee for someone or something? I'm not an intern. We hire 21-year-olds? I guess so. And they wonder why the world is ending. This is all I needed from you. Thank you for your service. Jada exits, and Paul enters, a headset and a mic on. Uh, does everything look good to you? This is world news, my friend. If anything ever looks good to anyone, they need to be admitted to the psych ward immediately. I meant... Is everything up to your standards? Well, when you say it like that, you make me sound like a dictator. I'm not gonna say anything in response to that in order to avoid losing my job. Smart move. I didn't know if you wanted to run the dog story in there. I'm sorry, what is the dog story? The dog that went missing last weekend was found. Let me make sure I have this right. A dog, singular, went missing this weekend... Last weekend. And... Was found. In the woods. By hikers. And the dog's name was... Posey. Looks like that's correct, yes. It's short for Persephone. Like the Greek goddess? I finished fifth grade, thank you. Persephone... Posey. Persephone... Posey. (sighs) Why not? Wasn't Persephone married to the devil? Uh, actually, she was married to Hades, ruler of the underworld, so not technically. I feel like that's the devil. Well, I feel like that's not a part of the story. So the dog didn't start a cult or anything? Of course not. Then why is it news? It's a feel-good story. For who? You know, dog people. So lonely, single, middle-aged women? That's our target demographic nowadays? I believe you're thinking of cat ladies. Who are dog ladies? I truly do not think that exists. That's a much more interesting story than one dog being found by hikers in the woods. It's filler, the calm before the storm, or the rest of the stories. Fine, we'll keep the disappearing dog in. I think I might call it that. Uh, Can we have someone in graphics make a thing for that? We can't call it that. Why not? It's... It's not technically correct. Eh, because the dog because was Because the found. dog was found. Yeah, yeah, got yeah. it. We go up in 15. I'm assuming everything else was looks good to you. Well, if you take a second to stop your explanations of dog and cat ladies, I could read all of this and let you know. Also, why isn't the prompter on? Uh, the show hasn't started yet. What's the matter? All you would see is the startup screen. And? And why would you... Okay, I'll have someone turn on the teleprompter. Anything else? Like, maybe something having to do with the stories? Well, let's flip through and find out. Bernie takes a moment to read through the small stack of papers. 
He looks content until he reaches one that causes him to freeze. What is this? What is what? Who wrote this? I, I don't know if these are rhetorical. This doesn't make or... any sense. We're talking about a guy who went to jail for robbing a 7-Eleven, right? Sure. His name is Reagan Platt. That's what it says at the top here and here in the first and second and fourth sentence. Not to mention, it's the reasonable spelling and pronunciation. Sure. Is that your new favorite word? Sure. So we have Reagan Platt, but then at the top of the second paragraph here, and then two other times, it has him referred to as Reagan Splat. Splat? Like... Yes, like Splat. <laughs> that's, uh, that's kind of funny. It wouldn't have been funny if I had read it like that in front of the entire world. We only stream in the U.S. That's the world! It's It's more of a country but that's get that not... intern in here which intern you know the one i i don't we have like 10 interns all over the place the one who brings me my papers you mean jada no that's not it i think it's something like shelly there's no shelly janet jada are you sure jada oh, okay then her where is she i could go get her please do fast we're on in five paul runs off returning a few seconds later with a flustered Jada, who wears a nervous grin. Yes? What is this? What do you mean? Splat. Splat? Splat. I... His name is Platt. How hard is it to maintain Platt? The last two letters are the same, and the other three are exactly how they sound. Right, but I... Splat? Splat? Platt is a name. It's his name. Splat, that's a sound effect. You've accidentally put a sound effect instead of the name. Except that she doesn't write the stories. What? Tell him. I don't write the story. Who does? Other interns? I'm not an intern. We have a team for that, but what we don't have is time. We're going live in 30. Jada scrambles away. 20. Splat. This is ridiculous. 15. I've been in news for 20 years. 20. And never. Splat. 10. I'm telling you, right now, if I ever see a mistake like this again, I'm going to personally shove my size 13s all the way up somebody's big round. Now. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to your news. This morning, a dog who went missing last weekend was found in, of all places, the woods by two hikers. We're glad you're home, Posey. What a heartfelt story. I love them. The sound slowly fades out into music. The end. That was News Hour by Chris Eli Black. And while we were reading that, I found the sentence and realized that that was from a Twitter sentence by Demon Tomato Dave on uh, <laughs> Twitter, or Dave Bulmer. So thank you, Dave Bulmer, for the inspiration for that play. Uh, and Chris Eli Black, thank you once again for the submission.
going to move over to my play, uh, which Chris, uh, in addition to writing that play, sent me a Twitter suggestion. And I don't have the person's full name, but the the inspiration tweet came from at J underscore Stee. So J underscore Stee, thank you so much for this inspiration. And for this one, I'm going to stay out of it aside from any minor narration that needs to happen. I believe if we, if you're okay with this, we'll have Courtney do Hannah and uh, Nick, you'll be on Theo. The play is called Shouting at Your Shadow. And we will begin. Lights up. The stage is sparse, just a pair of podiums. Theo and Hannah are standing at their podiums. Theo with a binder of material and Hannah with seemingly nothing in front of her. Let me just start my opening argument here by saying that my opponent today is irrational, incompetent, and devoid of any reasoning, and therefore they should not win this particular debate competition. I shall prove this point. Wow! Wow! Really? I object to this opening barrage wholeheartedly. You see... This interruption is precisely the sort of misbehaving jerkism that my opponent brings to the stage. The debate is not about my qualifications as a debater. But it is relevant to the case. How so, and in what way? In the way that it is relevant to every debate you ever participate in. You are clearly unprepared and wholly unready to have this conversation even though the competition has already started. I'm not prepared? I'm not prepared? You see, he admits it here on the spot. That was not a statement, it was a question! Asking questions during a debate, Theo, how long can you go? You just asked two questions! If my opponent will stop interrupting me for five seconds, I will finish my opening statement. Your opening statement is nothing more than a personal attack. Of course I'm going to object. My opponent also cannot maintain his cool enough to even make it through a single opening statement. I believe my point is made, Theo. The floor is yours. You... you... I... Oh, and my opponent is extremely inarticulate. That was a terrible opening statement. I haven't even started yet! Yes, you have. I gave you the floor. Judges, can I please have a different opponent? What? Are you scared that I'm going to trounce you? No, I'm scared of what I might do if I have to stay up here listening to you insult me for any more time. Threatening me? Wow, Theo. That goes above and beyond. Please, judges. Don't make me stay up here with her. You can always forfeit. No, I'm not forfeiting. Hannah, I wanted to take this class. I wanted to learn. You just took it to harass me. Harass you? I'm just stating fact. Insults are not facts. They are if they are true. No, insults are insults. Facts are facts. Debate is about presenting facts, not about hurling insults. We've both watched the same debates. I know you know that's not true. But it should be! Listen, judges, can we have a recess? My brother is having a meltdown, and I don't think it's fair to continue judging him based on this. It happens from time to time. Are you kidding me right now? I'm having a meltdown because you are ruining this! You ruin everything! Yeah, it may take a little while to calm him down. Maybe five minutes? Thanks, you're too kind. Why? Why what, Theo? Why are you like this? Why do you have to destroy everything for me? Why do you get joy out of humiliating me? Humiliating you? How so? 
I'm simply debating. Man, I thought you were serious enough in your own wild convictions to present your case, not hyperbole and reckless opinions. But you can't even debate me without making it personal. Why are you even on the debate team? Because. That's not a reason. Because. All right. Isn't that enough? No, of course it isn't. You wanted to be here, so... So it's about me, then? Yes. You joined the debate team because you knew it would drive me insane. No. You can't let me just have something. You have to take everything out of my hands like a petulant child. No, I'm here because I wanted to have a class with you. We're in basically all the same classes. What are you even talking about? I wanted to be in a class with you that you cared about. I wanted to see you doing something you enjoy. You've got band, you've got choir, and I know I wouldn't be any good in either of those. But I wanted I wanted to see you enjoying something. You You have an extremely weird way of showing it. Look, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to make this debate so frustrating for you. I didn't think we would have matched against each other for my first debate. I've been in the class for all of two weeks. I shouldn't even be up on stage right now. (laughs) Hey, we agree about something. Hey, not funny. I'm trying to be open here. Sorry, I, I just thought you deserved a little jab back. I suppose that's fair. I just... I, I don't even understand why we're supposed to debate here. You don't get the topic? No, I understand what an Oxford comma is. I just don't understand what there is to argue about. I mean, at this point, I don't even remember which side I was supposed to argue for. Well, you're on the for Oxford comma side. I don't think I've ever used an Oxford comma. Didn't see the point. Well, what I try to do when I don't necessarily agree with the topic I'm supposed to be arguing for is to find all the pros of the thing. So what's a pro in this case? It helps clarify things sometimes. That's a good start. Build on that and you'll have a case. But please, leave the personal attacks out. Are we okay? Eh, Of course we are. I can't stay mad at my twin. Are you ready for me to absolutely destroy you? Oh, just about always. Hannah and Theo return to their podiums. Slow blackout. And that was Shouting at Your Shadow. Thank you once again to J underscore Stee for the inspiration for that play. And Chris Eli Black, thank you once again for joining me in this writing session. And... Finally, Nick and Courtney, thank you both for joining me here. Nick, I know you have things to plug. Before we jump into that, Courtney, just to make sure I don't miss anything, is there anything you want to plug for yourself in terms of something you are doing currently, aside from chilling at home, waiting for COVID-19 to pass, finally? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I'm just kind of at home, just, you know, waiting to hear more about tour and see what's going to happen with that. I've also recently started I don't know if you have heard of it but I recently started Beachbody just because I wanted to take you know this time being at home just staying healthy and but mostly yeah Mm -hmm. just been starting to do that and hanging out with family and um but yeah just waiting and taking it one day at a time and see what happens (laughs) 
yeah, that's really all we can do right now. But Nick, mm-hmm. uh, you have a podcast you definitely want to plug. Is there any, uh, aside from that, which I want to hear about again? Is there anything else you want to plug? Oh, absolutely. So, uh, hello everybody. My name is Nick, but uh, online I go by Sendorn because that's my gamertag across the board. If you want to find me on Twitter, you can check me out. Uh, I am at Sendorn One on Twitter. S E N D O R E N One. And you can check out all the stuff I'm doing. I'm also on Twitch. I've been starting to stream some video games on there. So go check me out, twitch.tv slash Sundoran. And yes, the podcast that I am in, uh, the podcast that I run is Cubones and Catacombs, the 5e D&D TTRPG podcast set in the Kanto region of the Pokemon universe. Come along with us. It's family friendly. It's a lot of fun. And in that podcast, you get to hear a lot of the music that I write be put into the background, and it's super cool. And if you want to check me out being a character instead of the DM, you can find me on the Roaring Trainers podcast, Kanto in the Jazz Age, where we also are in the Kanto region, but in a jazz your style with that thank you both for joining me and have a great rest of your day heck yeah you too thank you and that will do it for another episode of all the webs of stage thank you so much for listening i want to thank my guests nick Schomer as well as courtney brooke marks again you can find nick Schomer doing cubones and catacombs and the roaring trainers Also, I want to thank Chris Eli Black for providing one of our plays, and a thank you as well to at Demon Tomato Dave or Dave Bulmer on Twitter, and at J underscore Steve. Also, I want to thank Colin Vance, as always, for this wonderful music. You can find more of his work at ColinVanceCreative.com. Thank you to Daniel Blue Rodriguez for our thumbnail artwork. Once again, thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you in two weeks with another episode of All the Webs of Stage. I believe if we, if you're okay with this, we'll have Courtney do Hannah and uh, Nick, you'll be on Theo. Uh, you know, I was really hoping to be Hannah, but you know what? I, I, I can do <laughs> <Yeah>. Theo. <laughs> Man. I, I just, like, I, I've run out of the, the nondescript gender names. Right. But I also don't care who plays what. So. No, 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 no. We're, we're good with, we're good with what you want us to do. All right. Could Courtney in the future. I mean, Courtney that... is actually originally a boy's name. Really? That's true. Yeah. Get, okay. yeah. 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 He's at That's the fair. If you enjoyed today's show, please leave us a rating and a review over on Apple Podcasts or iTunes. If you'd like to get in touch with us, our email is webstagepodcast at gmail.com, and we can be reached on Twitter at webstagepodcast.